We know it's hard for parents to find childcare, and once they do, it can often be a challenge to afford it. And we know that employers see problems retaining staff as a result. But what about the people who provide childcare? Long story short, it's not easy for them either. I'm Max Copeland, and this is the Up North Lowdown from Interlochen Public Radio. In previous episodes, we've heard about Northern Michigan's child care crisis as it affects both parents and employers. Each of those stories were featured in the IPR news series, A Crisis of Care. But today, we're going to hear about some of the problems and potential solutions in front of the caregivers themselves. We'll start in Traverse City, where IPR's Tyler Thompson visited a daycare center. Then we'll follow him to a home care provider near Petoskey. I'm at the administrative office of Teddy Bear Daycare and Preschool in Traverse City. They share a building with a culinary school on Long Lake Road. Go past the test kitchens in some classrooms and you'll find their room. It's a playroom with some stuff scattered around and a large table. Administrators have their hands full today, coordinating calls to make sure a site has proper coverage due to an absence, planning meetings. It's go, go, go. They have three locations across Traverse City, serving 150 families with about 30 people working between them. Each has varying capacity levels. Lately, the center is doing a delicate dance with its budget, recently raising rates at each location to adjust for inflation. Right now, the center charges $1,600 per month for kids under two years old. It's a little cheaper for those over two, and that's in line with industry norms, according to local, state, and national studies. Still, Molly Porter, a multi-site coordinator for Teddy Bear, said they only heard from about three families that said they couldn't afford the price hike. I think the rest of them, I kind of just assumed that they would they would be getting an increase, um, or unfortunately they don't have anywhere else to go, and that's yeah. the really hard part. I'm sure they kind of feel stuck too, um, which is really unfortunate, but that's kind of what we have to do with our with where we're at with our business. So let's turn back the clock a bit. When owner Beth Fryer started Teddy Bear Daycare about 40 years ago, she charged families $40 a week. In today's dollars, that's $122 a week, or just shy of $500 per month. And now, you know, the, over the last two years... It's like 5,000% increase? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, uh, looking at the, the climb and cost and, you know, the lack of everything, it's like the whole focus has gone away from the children. Yeah. Where it should be. That was multi-site coordinator Anna Fryer who chimed in with Beth. That percentage is an exaggeration, but speaks to the expense of care in northern Michigan. It is high, Mm -hmm. but that's how our operating budget needs to be in order to maintain wages and cost of living, so to speak, you know, with food and everything. And after talking with our bookkeeper um, this past week, he said if we start increasing wages based on what we charge right now, which is pretty high, we'll wage ourselves out of business. Teddy Bear's starting wage is right around $17 to $19 an hour, depending on experience, which is above average. In Michigan, workers make $13.50 an hour on average, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Besides a strict budget, Fryer says they can't pay more compared to larger companies in the area that can offer more. We can't compete with all these places, none of which have to have a state-mandated ratio in order to operate. She's talking about state regulations. It has a strict provider-to-child ratio that's based on the age of children. So unlike other businesses, which can try to bring in more customers to boost sales, a child care center like Teddy Bear can't simply add more kids to make more money. You need to 
add staff. We are really backed into a corner when people say, hey, I need care, because licensing is going to say, sorry, you can't operate if you don't have it. And those are not the only rules they have to follow. There are strict safety rules, and adding more centers can cost thousands of dollars in just the inspections alone. But the other model, home-based care, is not as strict nor as expensive, but it still has its limitations. So let's take a quick trip to Emmett County, where we meet with a home care provider. I started, I opened last April. I've been open about a year and a half now. That's Chelsea Tarvinen. She owns and operates Chelsea's child care from home near Petoskey. She has a degree in early childhood development. I opened when I had my second child for the same reason that I think a lot of people open. Um, there are no child care options in the area. The family lives in the A-frame in a quiet part of town. Their property is gorgeous, beautiful trees, a playground, a chicken coop for eggs and the kids to interact with. Inside are some playrooms and coat hangers, each individually named for the six kids she watches, two of which are her own. The licensing process is not as expensive compared to a center, but it's still pretty extensive. There's a six-month approval timeline that includes inspections of the house, water, sewer, you name it. The initial startup cost was kind of hard to swallow. You need so much to make licensing, to make everything up to standard. So the startup cost was high, but there were grant opportunities during COVID that did help me with that, although I know that's not the case for a lot of people. She wouldn't disclose what she paid in total, but did receive a $750 startup grant that covered some of it. Everything else she paid for out of pocket slowly. She did have some toys from her two kids, which eased some of that cost. But still, she says it's cheaper than opening a care center. Yeah, the cost of care compared to the cost of running at least a full center doesn't quite match up. <laughs> Tarvidin gets help from a food program and only has six kids to feed compared to the 150 children at Teddy Bear Daycare's three locations. Tarvinen also uses eggs from the chicken coop to cook for the kids. She does get calls about space for kids, but state rules say she can't take on any more children. But within two years of opening, she's now making a profit. You just always have to treat it like it's a business to be able to, you know, make a profit in the end, to be able to use this as an actual career and not a hobby. You need to always treat it as a business, which is hard when your own children are in the mix or you know the people, you know, you're friends with the kids you take care of. But home-based care isn't a profit generator for all. One home care provider told North Central Michigan College in a recent survey they net about $500 in a single year. So what would help ease the burden? Tarvinim would like to see subsidies apply to more people. It should not be limited based on income. So to be able to extend that more or to even apply for a percentage of it, not even for all your daycare, no matter what you make, just to help daycares get on the road, get rolling, get to the point where they are making an income. Um, I think that's what scares a lot of people just getting started is is all out-of-pocket money. Back at Teddy Bear Daycare, administrators like Anna Fryer would like to see eligibility for food programs expanded. I think if we did that, 
we would help take care of a lot of this issue. People would be able to afford it. We could charge instead of $75 a day, maybe $55 a day. Fryer says the center spends about $800 per week on food. She also calls for sustained investment and legislation to help child care providers in perpetuity. Teddy Bear's multi-site coordinator Molly Porter says maybe in a perfect world, the community would get more involved to help child care centers thrive. If the community and the child care centers could work together to um, help one another and, and create more centers in our area for those children and helping other providers open or, you know, get qualified and get inspected and get licensed. There could be some kind of solution on the horizon, a hybrid model of care that combines home-based care with facility-based care that taps into those community resources with more funding from private and public sectors. That's IPR's Tyler Thompson exploring the two traditional models of child care here in northern Michigan. But when we come back, we'll hear about a third approach that's sort of a mix between the two. This hybrid model is called a microcenter, and we'll visit one out in Northport after the break. Getting bogged down by how much new music there is out there? There's a lot. Consider a daily dose of the All Songs Considered podcast. It's the easiest way to get tuned into the music world. We spend hours combing through the new music universe, from emerging bands to time-tested icons, to bring you your next favorite artist. To get up on your music know-how, listen to All Songs Considered from NPR. It was 2011. Two women climbed into their canoe and pushed off the banks of the Minnesota River just outside Minneapolis. Their goal was to paddle to Hudson Bay, thousands of miles away in Canada. It was a huge test of physical strength and friendship. It just seemed to go on and on and on, and we weren't really getting along that well. And that was the thing that really just made us tip and just start arguing and yelling at each other. Their story, next time on Points North. That episode of Points North is now available. You can listen to it wherever you're hearing this podcast. Welcome back. I'm Max Copeland with The Lowdown. Just before the break, we heard about how childcare generally follows one of two different business models. A care center, which can have more capacity and staff, but also more costs and regulations. Or home-based care. It is cheaper to run, with fewer regulations, but has a smaller capacity. So what if you took a little bit of each model and sort of smashed them both together? We pick up the story in Leelanau County, where they're doing just that, with something called a microcenter. IPR's Tyler Thompson tells us more. Mm-hmm. Amalia Christensen runs Little Acorn Child Care in Northport. It's this vast, open-concept building with giant play areas, a fully equipped kitchen, and massive windows. Outside is a cozy backyard with play equipment and a large gazebo set among a dense tree line. Christensen is ending her day, keeping an eye on two toddlers while she waits for their parents to pick them up. She watches 12 kids in total. I set my equipment down to walk over and grab a chair for our interview, and this boy, probably no older than two, starts to reach for my microphone. It's cool stuff. You'll be a journalist someday. (laughs) Maybe. Do you want some water? There's one child left waiting to be picked up, and he's decided to join us for the interview. Discovered that it was very difficult to find childcare or even afford childcare. 
Christensen took over Little Acorn Child Care in July, but she's known the place longer. She grew up here in Northport and attended Little Acorn when she was younger. And so did my husband. So it's a very special place to us. The outside hasn't changed much. Yeah. But conceptually, it has changed. Little Acorn Child Care is now what's called a microcenter. It takes the best parts of home-based care and combines it with the scale of a child care facility. Christensen was introduced to the idea while working as a consultant and counselor with parenting communities of Leelanau County. said, you should talk to Patricia. And I was like, okay, <laughs> who's Patricia? <laughs> She's talking about Patricia Sudis Little who just pulled up a chair. She leads the Leelanau Early Childhood Development Corporation. So this is one way you can have that home-based type program, which is less expensive to run, and which means it's better for families. But you can do it uh, in a facility outside the home. So it's, it's an, it's, I look at it as a tool for building capacity and child care. Opening a full-scale facility takes a lot of inspections and has more rules compared to home care programs. It also requires more staff. But Sudis Little says the micro-center model is more of a hybrid approach. Uh, home-based programs are limited to a maximum of 12 children and two staff. So that's what will govern Amalia. But she, to be outside of a home, she had to have her facility meet the center-based regulations. So we call it home-scaled. In other words, she doesn't have to operate the business out of her home, but she can't expand the business beyond the limits set for home-based care. Christensen needed a building that met the criteria of a care facility, so she partnered with the Village of Northport and the public schools to lease Little Acorn Child Care for $1 a month. The Leelanau Township Community Foundation also agreed to cover her operation costs for three years, and a startup grant from a statewide nonprofit called the Early Childhood Investment Corporation helped with early costs, like buying furniture, toys, and more for the center. Christensen charges between $68 and $72 per day depending on the age. It's more expensive for kids under 18 months because they need more attention. It's also an age most in need not just in Leelanau County, but across the state. And Little Acorn Child Care is a bit cheaper than the average cost at other providers, but still falls in line with some of the local, state, and national averages for full-time child care. Again, Patricia Sudis Little. It is a business, and if it isn't run as a business, it's not going to be in business for very long. And that's part of what you're seeing across not just Michigan, but the country. Now, a large startup grant may not be possible for every community, but Sudis Little says they may not need them if child care is seen as a community need, and enough people band together to help make it possible. With community support, donations, covering, just raising enough money to cover the costs of, of licensure and some of the basic things which I think most communities can do, then you've got that covered. So it is a model that would work outside of Leelanau County without the benefit of a, of a wonderful grant that we had. But you do need the business buy-in. But like any other kind of care provider, Christensen says she is struggling to hire help. Her parents volunteer, but they're already certified. People are interested, but the requirements to get a license to care for kids is a lengthy one. There's background checks, CPR training. Fingerprints. It's just so extensive that when people come in and find out about this extensive training, they're like, uh, I don't know, like I need to work now. 
Sudis Little says those requirements are in place for the safety of the child, but she would like to see more flexibility on things like the ratio of children to adults. Providers are finding that parents may have children that they can, they have room for, but they don't fit into the slots. So it's a matter of trying to tweak the slots a little bit. Uh, and I know part of that is concern. <clears throat> Can one person care for uh, four children in that age range if it were relaxed and they could all be between birth and just shy of three? Amalia chimes in. <laughs> I have words of experience. <laughs> <laughs> so the ratio is set up as you can have four children under the age of 30 months, but no more than two between zero and 18 months. And Sudis Little says that's the problem. Studies show the greatest need for care is for kids zero to 18, but Christensen says there is no provider nearby to care for that age group. But speaking as a provider, being <clears throat> here by myself and not having that extra person, um, it's been incredibly helpful to have my parents as volunteers and have them certified so that they can come help when needed. I don't, I don't know that I would be able to do it by myself, caring for six children in this age range. But that's why the rules are in place and why Sudis Little wants to examine that flexibility to make it easier to bring in volunteers. So Barriers to certification might be tricky to solve, but Sudis Little and Christensen believe that microcenters could be the future for childcare, and how that model translates to other communities remains to be seen. Again, Little Acorn Childcare is the first microcenter to open in Northport, and it's in a trial period to see if it will work. But Christensen is relieved to have her doors open with kids running around. It's a privilege to care for these children, to feel the relief in the parents' voices and their stance when, you know, it's drop-off time and there's no crying and they just come in and start playing and the parents are like, wait, <laughs> I'm having a harder time than you are. <laughs> they're like, okay, we'll go now. <laughs> Three more microcenters will open over the next year in Northport. Sudis Little says there's already been some interest in their hybrid model of care elsewhere in the region. IPR's Tyler Thompson reporting. The two stories we just heard are part of our larger series called A Crisis of Care. And if you want to see pictures, read more, or listen to the whole thing again, just look for A Crisis of Care on our website, iprnews.org. And that's it this week. The IPR News series, A Crisis of Care, was written and reported by Tyler Thompson and edited by Ed Ronco, who also helps edit this show. I'm Max Copeland, and I produce the Up North Lowdown. Music is by Blue Dot Sessions. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast app. It helps people find us and, in turn, stay up to date on the lowdown in Michigan. If you want to go even further, consider donating at our website, iprnews.org. As a public radio station, we depend on listeners just like you. It is the end of the year, and as we round out 2023, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. The Up North Lowdown started out as a big experiment just a few months ago. The very first episode came out in April, and we've come a long way since then. But we're not going anywhere. Keep an eye on this feed for more to come in 2024. But if you're looking for something to listen to in the meantime, 
may I recommend Doe Dynasty from our friends at Michigan Radio. It's a limited-run podcast series that chronicles Michigan's pizza empire. We all know about Motor City and Michigan's automobile industry, but you might be surprised to find out just how much influence the Great Lakes State has had on pizza, too. So in honor of Doe Dynasty, we leave you this week with their theme song, Pepperoni Eyes by Personal and the Pizzas. You can find Doe Dynasty at michiganradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy New Year, and thanks for listening. I'm Keith Brown, and this week on Gameplay, I'll take you through music from visual novels, games that are all about storytelling through words, art, and music. We'll hear music from games about cyberpunk bartending, planning a spa day for a friend, whining and dining nobles in pre-revolutionary France, and lots more. Join me. You can stream full episodes of Gameplay on demand and view playlists at GameplayShow.org.